Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Stay at Homer, the podcast where two British men on coronavirus lockdown in the UK rewatch every episode of The Simpsons. Uh, I'm Andrew Lowe. I'm Tim Tucker. And today we're on season two, episode 15, uh, which is called Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Um, Indeed. Yeah, and the title is based on the 1941 Preston Sturgis film, Sullivan's Travels, Tim. Um, is it? Yeah. Well done. Which has a, contains as a director who wants to make a film about the Great Depression called Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Um, nice. And the Coen brothers um, made that film, didn't they, in, the, in 2000? Which, oh, yeah. And the story sort of it was set in a Great Depression. And um, the story was sort of loosely based on the Odyssey by Homer. So that, there's a torturous ah. Wikipedia yeah. research link for you. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah. Yeah, well done. Um, and of course... This epi- well, before we go into the episode, Andy, yeah. should we do any updates on yeah. life under coronavirus lockdown? Yeah, um, the moment in the UK, we've got government, people who work for the government, unelected people who work for the government, um, sort of ignoring their own rules, really, and just yes. travelling around when they feel like it. Oh, I, need, I needed to sort out some childcare. Yeah, because um, <laughs> that's... Nobody else is in that situation, were they, and, and had to obey the rules. So, yeah. This, Hardly the, unique, yeah. I don't want to get political on this, on this podcast, really, but it is fascinating, isn't it, how, we got, how bad this government could be. And it's sort of, it's like a kind of spy, Christopher Guest and Harry Shearer had done a, yeah. a film about, yeah. you know, the worst British government ever. And they, they just kind of like, <laughs> people go too on the nose. It's not, no one will believe that. So now we've got... Hey. Because now we've got a, a government trying to manage uh, a health emergency who are literally spread, spreading the virus around the country. It's <laughs> 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 pretty good. Yeah. I love it. I expect the next, the next revelation will be that government hired employees are spraying coronavirus around yeah. the streets. Yeah, setting fire to, to vaccine labs. <laughs> you just think, what? How they've shot themselves in both feet. They've got no feet left. It's like, what, what next? Yeah, um, generally speaking, day to day, you know, as we were just talking about before we started recording, I, I sort of feel like I'm going hour by hour now. In mm. terms of mental health, um, yeah. it does feel like um, it's just in the toilet completely. And I don't really, my perspective's pretty dead. It's dead. I, just don't, I don't really know the difference between reality, fantasy, what day it is, what hour it is. It's just a real mess. What was that? Um, what was that link you sent me earlier for that that retailer? Because that was indicative of my state of mind. The yeah. copywriter for that retailer, Palace Skateboards, PalaceSkateboards.com. Yeah, have a look. They're sort of clothes retailer for. Um, I mean, fran- frankly, for people a little bit younger than us, Tim. <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> about twenty That's years true. at least. But it's um, it's amazing. They've obviously got someone to write. Go to that website. And look at the product descriptions. Just go to the. Just look at each product. Look at yeah. the products. Yeah, it's it's the, my favourite find on the internet for a long time. It's clearly yeah. been written by somebody who I don't know who's just bored and is, is seeing what they can get away with. It's really funny. So just just randomly look at all the product descriptions, like the hat and the coat and everything. Um, I think the I mean the state of mind of that copywriter is is pretty close to mine. Yeah. I think really. <laughs> I've I've got this slight concern, Andy, that I'm in a because I'm now worried about what's going to happen when this is lifted. Oh, really? Um, 
I'm, I feel like a bit, you know, that thing Stockholm syndrome where yeah. you, you fall in love with whoever Your captured captor, yeah. you. Yeah, it's sort of some bizarre version of that where I'm sort of not wanting to let go of lockdown. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not, I think. I don't know. Mm. Um, we'll see what happens when it finally arrives. But um, You've gone native. Maybe. Yeah. The way I feel, I mentioned this earlier, is this, there's an American comedian called Stephen Wright who, um, quite a sort of laconic, lazy sort of delivery, but lots of little individual surreal thoughts. And he says this, one of his gags is he says, you know when you lean back on a chair and you almost lean too far, but just at the last second you catch yourself? That's how I feel all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty accurate. That's a good, yeah, that's a great metaphor. <laughs> that exactly captures the feeling of being in coronavirus lockdown, I agree. Right, um, Simpsons. Yeah, so this episode, um, uh, I mean, it's notable for the fact that it stars... Um, Danny DeVito in a guest role. Mm. And I, I just um, a, a thing on that because he's not quite the star he was, is he? But he was a pretty big star back then, wasn't he? He was on a bit of a roll. Yeah, he was huge in the early nineties. Um, yeah, you know, he was a he so was, was a penguin in in the Tim Burton Batman films, wasn't he? And and uh, he was um, he played a big part in Taxi yeah. the series, um, and then other people's money and various other movies. Um, yeah. yeah, so that so that was quite a significant. Um, sort of uh, guest appearance. Yeah. It's written by Jeff Martin. Uh, but it starts with a great McBain intro. McBain, yeah. Yeah, we've heard, we've seen McBain once before where he's talked about his nemesis, Mendoza, sort of clearly just a kind of Colombian uh, drug lord, South American drug lord. Or, and he's he's having a meeting Mendoza, isn't he, with his board, with his kind of board of evil people. And... Um, saying then he says what about McBain they say don't worry we've taken care of him they've got a huge uh sort of conference table um yeah and then McBain crashes through it um, <laughs> and says you're something like you'll need a new table and then he throws Mendoza out of the window which is the second time he's done that to somebody it seems to be a theme um except this time he unluckily lands on a gasoline yeah. truck and explodes <laughs> that, that is unfortunate yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, but uh, what is sort of satirising because also the shooting scene is just you know they're all sort of dancing around being riddled with bullets and uh, it's sort of satirising the ultra violence of those movies yeah I mean that, that was at the, at the time uh, late 80s early 90s yeah that was, that was a huge trait wasn't it action movies and things like Predator Commando Arnold Schwarzenegger was in those you know those films this hugely alpha alpha male um, fantasy really wasn't it this just a sort of this act, the action hero, the unkillable action hero, just huge, pumped up, um, extreme violence. Yeah, and, but oddly, at the end of the day, there's a kind of James Bond esque sort of sign off, isn't there? It says, "We'll, yes, yeah, yeah. Bane will be back, and you have the right to remain dead." And there's, <laughs> which is a <laughs> good a title. title. Yeah, it is a good title. Yeah. And um, <laughs> which it reminds me of uh, there's a rubbish straight to video film called Maniac Cop, and that has my favourite. <laughs> tagline of all time which is you have the right to remain silent forever <laughs> this is really good genuinely a good tagline just to slightly rewind back grandpa's watching it with jasper jasper i keep mentioning jasper he's one of my favorite really obscure background characters this man with a huge beard who lives with him in the retirement home um he's got a very cynical look yeah and they he's with a, he's with jasper and somebody else and they they're all complaining about the quality of the mcbain movie 
but in a really articulate way, trying to get their money back. Like Jasper says the subplot was clearly tacked on or something. Like they have to argue their case to get their money back, <laughs> not just I didn't like it. <laughs> but yeah, then yeah, we see we see Grandpa in the hospital because he has a heart attack. But it's at this point on his supposedly on his deathbed. I suppose Grandpa thinks he's on his deathbed that he tells Homer he's a half brother. He tells a little backstory to that about encountering a woman who did things your mother would never do. Clearly, have sex yeah. with money. <laughs> So clearly, a sex worker prostitute, who, and he, uh, and that's where his Homer's half brother is spawned. And yeah, um, we don't know what happened to him. And they go to the orphanage, which is in Shelbyville, to see if they can find as the neighbouring um, town to to Springfield. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great gag here because it's clearly because the, the guy they interview is the identical to Doctor Hibbert, um, <laughs> and oh, yeah. he says to Homer, "You yeah. know, I myself um, have a long lost twin. You know, I've never managed to track down." And this is. This That's is an right. opportunity for Homer to say, yeah, yeah, it's obviously Dr. Hibbert. You know, I know who that is, but he just completely ignores that. Yeah, <laughs> he ignores that. And he also, he also um, the the guy is trying to tell him subtly where his long-lost brother is because he knows, but he's not allowed to directly tell him. So he says stuff like, yeah, who knows? Maybe you could be somewhere like Detroit. Yeah. And Homer Homer's really angry saying, just tell me, for God damn it. And the guy finally... Um, just admits where he is, <laughs> <laughs> but Homer just does he not. Can't pick up on gets that. really, yeah, gets gets really flustered and then angry a bit with him. But. Yeah. Um, so we find out it's a guy called Herbert Powell who's stinking rich. Um, yeah, huge house. Uh, and they they go off to find him. They go off to to meet him rather. Um, mm. Yeah. So and and this point we um, we see our first glimpse of Herb. <laughs> And um, hmm. the meeting he's in looks suspiciously like the meeting that Bain was in at the beginning. Yes, and it also has a feel of Burns, Mr. Burns, meeting his underlings a little bit. Yeah. Um, just he's really angry and aggressive with them all. Yeah. So, he's yeah, he's getting angry and aggressive because, you know, they're coming up with terrible ideas and he says... Well, he runs a car company. We haven't said that. Yeah, think. that's... He runs yeah. a... Yeah, he he runs a car. He, he builds cars. Yeah, and uh, but they're not coming up with good ideas, and he he's mm. crucially says you've forgotten your roots. Um, yeah, and then we meet. He meets his brother. There's a great meeting scene where they they sort of reflect each other. Except uh, Herb's got hair and a flat stomach, and Homer's oh, Homer's bald and fat. <laughs> that's right. But they going back to the meeting very briefly. Herb is saying that. The business is going to Japanese, and and um, one of his one of his designers comes up with an idea for a car called the Persephone. Um, and he has a great line. He says, "People don't want cars named after hungry old Greek broads." And so he wants someone to touch with their roots. And this meeting with Homo is great because they both mirror each other. Yeah, as you say, saying, "You know, you've got more or less hair. You're a bit fatter than me. You're thinner than me." Uh, um, it's a lovely, charming little meeting. Yeah, he's basically the sort of the successful version, isn't he, of Homer? He's he's what what you yeah. know everything that's wrong with Homer sort of righted. <laughs> um, mm. Well, it's, it's certainly in terms of surface level success, because as, as Homer says, "Holy moly, the bastard's rich." <laughs> Herb holds the baby. He holds Maggie yeah. and says, "Homer, you're the richest man I know, given that she, he has these lovely children." Mm. And Homer says, "I feel the same about you." <laughs> um, there's a brilliant scene where he starts explaining to Homer 
what what uh, what he can do while he's there. You can you know you can call on anything. You can you can order pork chops in your room if you want. And Homer doesn't let go of that. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's an, that's one of the things we've also already mentioned the McBain thing with diff- meeting rooms and the boss being angry at everybody, and um, this is one of the other things that pulls this episode down from the ten for me is that um, just that just that little sense that sorry when you were talking about that he's he can have pork chops at any time. Um, I, I sort of want to see the see the chef, right. There's a scene where he calls the chef saying, hey, don't forget the applesauce in the middle of the night. Yeah. I sort of want to see the other side of that a little bit. Yeah. And um, I'll go on to why I don't think this episode is as good as I thought it was okay. a bit later. But yeah. yeah, that's one of the reasons. Yeah. So they are um, invited into Herb's home and uh, given a chance to enjoy a wealthy lifestyle. Um, mm. But crucially for the plot of this episode, Herb <laughs> soon realises that home is the, the average Joe that he's looking for to... To, to draw on to for these um for designing a car that goes back to to the roots of every yeah. man yeah lovely lovely sort of plot meta moment where herbert herb says to homer i want to i want to pay you two hundred thousand dollars a year and homer says i want and i want to let you <laughs> and he goes to the he goes to the design team and wonderfully for the plot herb says right this is the man who's going to design your car the new car that's going to be touched with the roots of the american people and I don't want to see anything until it's finished. <laughs> Which, again, is another little nitpick I've got with the episode. Yeah, that does feel like a plot hole. I mean... No, I don't mind that. I don't mind that as a gag, as a meta gag. Yeah. But the other nitpick, I might as well get out of the way now, yeah. is that later on when Homer is designing this hideous car, yeah. we do see it, we do see his sketch yeah. of the car. Yeah. So when it's revealed... Um, you you just think oh I've just seen that up until the point where it's launched you could you could understand Herb saying I don't want to see it because I don't want to have an influence on it I want it to be you know yes raw. you but you would but, at some point he'd go let's have a look at this car just briefly you know let's run it past me <laughs> I'm spending millions of dollars on it <laughs> yeah um, but you know that's that's part of the the charm of the Simpsons but having said that I agree with you yeah. on on the best episodes the the episodes we rank ten there are no plot holes yeah. they work yeah you just can't mm. you can't find any fault with no. them really I mean you just can't so uh, this is a bit wobbly and I've got a theory as to why and we'll come to that later so the kids um, and Marge while Homer's doing this work the kids get to <laughs> there's a great bit where they're arguing over what they want to do either go on a boat ride or a pony ride and then it cuts to them doing both at the same time they're definitely being spoiled a little bit yeah they get into the zoo um, he gets them into the zoo into the actual employees only area in <laughs> <laughs> the penguin pool Lisa's in a, in a typical Lisa, Lisa way talks to one of the penguin penguins saying um do you miss the Antarctic or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's very in touch with the plight of the animals. Parallel to this, Homer's first rejected by the designers who have instantly recognised him as an idiot. One of the, the lead kind of technician guy says, what, what kind of car would you like, Mr Simpson? And he, Homer goes, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but there's a wonderful moment where the technician guy says, well... You're supposed to be helping us, aren't you, Mr. Simpson? Um, Patronisingly. And Homer goes, yeah. And the guy says, well, why don't you go and get us some coffee? <laughs> and Homer goes, okay. Yeah. It's just sort of immediately subordinating him. Yeah, that's a good point because Herb recognises he's been rejected and builds his confidence up, which is a that's massive right. mistake. 
That's the mistake, yeah. Because, because he goes back. They're, they're right, aren't they? Their instincts are correct. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. He's not going to help, yeah. Yeah. And in fact, what it does is it overinflates his confidence to the point of um, mm. being impossible to work with. Yeah. But then, yeah, so we, we get the scientist, uh, the technician calling up Herb. We don't hear what he says, but we, we uh, he says, like, call me back and say the exact opposite. So we get from, from the inverse of that, we get... That he must yeah. have said quite a lot of bad stuff about Homer. Just so, just so the family can hear how their dad, you know, his motivation is good-hearted. Yeah, yeah, he's but he's a little bit too in love with this idea. It's a, it's a really good concept because Homer is just in awe at Herb's wealth and his status, yeah, um, and his material wealth, mm-hmm. and Herb is in awe of Homer's emotional wealth, isn't he, with having the family and the yeah. and children and stuff. So, yeah. Herb is trying to um, Herb is really speaking to that you know he's absolutely mm. he doesn't have that so it's almost like a proxy proxy family he has there he was wants them to all be happy and be impressed and stuff so yeah um, it's a bit of a recipe for disaster as, as we see I love I love the last the last comment is and his personal hygiene is beyond reproach <laughs> yeah <laughs> clearly, clearly I imagine the original is that he stinks yeah and not on top of all that he stinks yeah but um, we found that earlier where Grandpa says "stand close by the bed," and he says, "Oh, not that close," <laughs> which is a bit unfortunate, unpleasant, isn't it? That I don't like the idea that Homer smells bad. <laughs> no, I think that comes up a few times in The Simpsons that he's he's got bad body odor. <laughs> um, uh, the kids show Herb itchy and scratchy. Uh, I don't know if you, you've uh, there's a tradition on this podcast that you describe the plot of uh, this episode, Sunday Bloody Sunday. I'd love to Sunday Bloody Sunday Sun. D-A-E and basically Itchy puts Scratchy in a big big glass and just blends him puts him in a blender and you see his two eyeballs on top on top of this kind of mush of cat (laughs) in this glass (laughs) that that is literally the the only thing that happens in this episode it cracks them up doesn't it Um, and they just they're laughing like it's the cleverest most hilarious thing ever yeah but you know it's just basically Extremely over the top, ultra violence. But Herb loves it. Says, "What have I been doing yeah. all my life in these business meetings? I should have been." Yeah, he's like I say, he's having this proxy family, isn't he? He's just got this kind of. Um, uh, he's built up all this wealth and power, but um, he's not really happy, is he? No. Meanwhile, we we cut back to Homer being overconfident now and sort of ranting <clears throat> at the designers and scrapping plans to what looks like quite a good car into something monstrous. Um, yeah, he sketches. To the point where he sketches it out himself and says, just build this. And as you say, there's a potential plot, plot hole there because um, we do get a glimpse of what it might look like. Um, would, yeah. You know, he's, uh, I think it just looks exactly like that. Maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. I think, the, um, I think that's a bit of a spoiler. Yeah, yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Because the, the, what, what I want there is he shows them a sketch, but we don't see what he's drawing. And then we only see it in the reveal. That makes sense in terms of story structure. We cut to the launch. Members of the press even gives a nod mm. to Your Holiness. So the Pope's there. Yeah, the Pope's there, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Does that, so that that when we said earlier, you would definitely have a sneak look at your car before launching it. <laughs> if you know the Pope's going to pop, going to pop in. <laughs> I don't know if that was also a nod to the Pope Mobile. Do you remember the Pope Mobile? That it was. Um, oh yeah, it was yeah. It does look car. a bit like the Pope Mobile <laughs> with the with the bulletproof bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, why else would he have the Pope there? It's very strange. Do you, I love the Does song. Does he still have the Pope Mobile? Sorry? Does he still have the Pope Mobile? I don't know. It was it was a thing, wasn't it? In the nineties or eighties, yeah. yeah it, was, it was a weird sort of little car, terrible looking thing. If, 
Um, if I became the Pope, I would definitely <laughs> insist on retaining the, the Pope mobile. <laughs> You'd soup it up a bit, surely. It's not. Yeah, it's not. It's unlikely. I accept, but <laughs> I wonder if it shoots jets of holy water out the uh, cannons and stuff. Um, yeah. The, do, you, do you clock the song when they when they do the the animation? Sorry, the uh, video intro yeah. to its launch. Whatever what? Homer wants, Homer gets. Yeah. That was the lyrics, isn't it? it? Was it's great. a wonderful, yeah. beautiful, pretentious <laughs> car ad. But, um, so it's the car designed for the average man, but it's uh, yeah they unveil this monstrosity with Homer sort of happily sitting in it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I suspect those lyrics have been written without Homer's consent. I mean, that's that's the joke. Yeah. Those lyrics have been added by the designers as a frustration, as a yeah. kind of a logic bomb in, in the design. Bit of a scapegoat, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, it's usually done. It's passive aggressive lyrics. <laughs> Whatever Homer wants, Homer gets. <laughs> and then because it is a monstrosity, it's just it looks like some like like a child's drawing, sort of brought to life. Yeah. Um so yeah, Herb says, What is this what what is this monstrosity? Um yeah, it's a disaster, and and totally bankrupts him. So this one floor in his um, business yeah. plan cuts to him. Again, basically, you would, you would think if the consequences of this thing not working means I'm immediately bankrupt, <laughs> then I might have a little look at it before before I, I sign it off. Well, because of, yeah, because the, the one thing I suppose that the one thing that he he looked at, well, like, how much does this cost? You know, it might be that oh, it's a really cheap yeah. car. Like, no, it's eighty three grand. So yeah, he's he's doomed. Yeah. Um, yeah. that's the question from the press isn't it how much does this monstrosity cost um, yeah so <clears throat> cuts to Uncle Herb kind of lost his business as Homer says in his sort of list of things that have happened you've lost your business your home and all your possessions and I can't help feeling if you haven't met me you'd be better off <laughs> yes and thus Lisa is a little bit more articulate she says his life was an unbridled success until he found out he was a Simpson yeah <laughs> Uh, which is the theme of The Simpsons, if anything. Um, I suppose it is, yeah. Constant yeah. failure and... Uh, yeah. Grandpa turns up too late to meet Herb. <laughs> that's a good That's a good callback. Yeah. So because he, you see him rushing away as soon as he finds out that Herb is rich. Yeah. And he's sort of ka-ching, he wants to get there and, <laughs> and um, get some of the benefits. But then he arrives just at the point where he's been bankrupted. So, so Herb says something like, I never want to see you again. Um yeah. We, we do see him again, don't we? He comes back in another well, episode. He says, as far as I'm concerned, I have no brother, which is from The Godfather. Yeah. yeah. Um, but And then there's a nice, sweet sort of end where Bot says, I think your car was cool. But it's a little bit of a trail-off ending, isn't it, really? Um, so the things I've got with this, ep- with this episode, just those nitpicky sameness of the boardroom boss shouting at people. And also... Um, that does annoy me a bit with the way that you see his sketch. I, I just don't want to see that sketch. I, I want that revealed to me at the time it's revealed to everyone else at the end. And um, and it's it's a great performance from Danny DeVito, but I think that's the problem with the episode, that they've clearly started. They've got Danny DeVito, a big star, and I read that um, I was reading that in Nancy Cartwright's uh, autobiography, which the, the voice, the woman who voices Bart Simpson, she she remembers the day she said he was absolutely amazing and charming and wonderful. But because of his schedule, they had to film all the scenes with him in one chunk. So I don't know how they would normally do it, but that sounds to me like the episode is being produced 
um, with the star voice in mind at the top of the list. And that's never a good idea, I don't think, is it? It sounds like it's they're pandering to him a little bit. And it's an amazing performance. It's brilliant. It's beautifully delivered. Um, but I suspect that at the time, the, sh- the show, the show at the time, had to um, was more in awe of him and needed him more than he needed the show. In the sense, you know, there was, the relationship was a bit imbalanced. But I think that's backed up by the second part of the story. It's almost like part one of a double story because we come back to him um, in series three. Yeah, and. That episode for me, spoiler, is a ten out of ten because I right. watched it the other day and mm. it's brilliant. Right. It's I had to keep stopping it and going back because we were laughing too much. <laughs> and this one is is okay. I'm going to give this an eight. So it's okay, but I think it's a little bit. It's not quite there, and I suspect that's my theory. I suspect it's because they had to. They were a little bit in awe of Danny DeVito and they had to kind of you know jump around his schedule a bit too much. Yeah, again, you've articulated that perfectly, and I'm, I'm, um, I'm with you. It's an eight. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna okay. deviate from that score. I think we're, we're both on the same. We don't decide this beforehand, you know. <laughs> no, no. Sometimes we diverge a bit. Um, yeah. But that definitely, uh, yeah, could have been better, but still high quality for for the Simpsons that we're seeing now. Mm. Um, we're rarely seeing them dip below a sort of eight, seven point five, are we at the moment? Yeah. In the meantime, um, you know, who knows what mental state we'll be in, but we'll be back in a couple of days. <laughs> We might have gone feral by, yeah. by the next time you hear this. It might just be random kind of growlings. Grunts and, gr- yeah, hearing us eating like in the background. <laughs> but uh, as always, uh, you know, feel free to get in touch. And now we've got a website. Um, we have, stayathomeapod.com. Yeah, so check us out there. You can see the social media stuff. You can subscribe to all the different podcast mm. channels. Do everything on there. And um, till next time, you know, stay well, stay alert, and uh, yeah, we'll catch you soon. Yeah, stay safe, stay away from other people. Mm. Uh, don't go to Durham no. just because you feel like it. Unless you live <laughs> like in Durham, that's all unless, right. you, unless you live relatively close to Durham. Yeah, but um, stay safe, take care, and we'll see you. See you next time.